0: What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Terror Table, a horror movie podcast presented by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. I'm one of your uh, regular hosts that you hear every single week. My name is Mitch, and with me, as always, I got my pal. It's Boozy. Mitch and Boozy are back in the trap. It has been a while. It's uh, been a we've long been very time. In- yeah we've been inconsistent we've been busy uh we've had a lot going on in our lives and i know we've kind of briefly updated people on that in previous episodes but we are here to say that after this episode it should hopefully be getting back to somewhat normal some things might change around here but uh we're we're just gonna keep keep swinging yeah uh, for for all the people stick on the ice yeah
1: for for all the people asking no we're not done that. Yeah no
0: oh yeah i guess it was funny we were gonna mention this on i think the pumpkin head episode which we still have fuck i forgot i still have that uh so we'll put that, <laughs> out you released that one yet? <laughs> no yeah we haven't even released it that was with seb too yeah uh but yeah we were talking about how like some people thought because myself mitch had uh Posted a kickstarter and to, i basically announced everyone that i'm going to be moving across the country to pursue a career in film and that i was making uh, my first short film this summer everyone kind of assumed that we were going to be donezo and uh that ain't it that's not the plan uh there's no way we i want to stop doing this anytime soon no and me pen yeah and if the pandemic has proved anything it's that we can do this virtually and apart and hopefully Uh, uh, i was gonna say it's like
1: people don't realize that we can still use skype there'll there'll be like a slight time difference but like yeah we've literally done it with guests all the time
0: exactly and if anything the quality is going to sound even better now because we're going to try and step our game up yeah we're going to
1: quality better we're not gonna just be that podcast anymore we're gonna be that podcast that sounds good as well exactly <laughs> also um, um, Mitch I would just like to say uh, on air for the first time uh, let me be the first one to say congratulations we Druid's hand finished we wrapped up filming and now it's on to the next yeah. step it's that's a huge it's huge for you and congratulations I, everyone listening to this should be excited for you and if they somehow Thanks, didn't know now you know
0: yeah, I uh, I appreciate that, and it was awesome having you involved in the the whole production and everything, and having you there by my side. And uh, I got to see some pretty crazy things that we have in store, like all the stuff that Jesse and I have been working on yes. for a very long time. We put a lot of work into this thing, and uh, it ain't no joke. Uh, this thing's gonna be pretty cool. I'm I'm very very excited to show people, and I hope even you coming out to set and like being a part of it saw that it's like it's a little bit even different than how we're we're making it sound uh like it's we we put a lot of work into this thing oh and it'll show
1: it'll show in the final product and i'm I'm excited for everybody to see it
0: yeah man i can't wait i cannot wait so yeah we wrapped filming on august 15th 2021 and uh, now it's in the hands of jason hamill which is where most things go to die is the hands of jason hamill um, but he's going to be bringing this thing to life. He's going to be doing the, the final the final cut, the final edit. He's editing the thing up together for us, and uh, we got some... Was, this is actually kind of cool that we haven't mentioned on here yet either. Speaking of Pumpkinhead episode, um, we recorded that episode on Pumpkinhead before we had found out that we were going to be hiring uh, Kevin Barron for post-production sound. Kevin Barron was... He worked on Pumpkinhead, Freddy's Dead... He did all of Malcolm in the Middle, uh, Supernatural, Smallville. Just the list goes on. It's it's crazy. So that was very special for me because it was about a week after we had recorded the episode that no one has heard yet uh, on Pumpkinhead, which you know, spoiler alert. That's a that's a one of my faves. I I love that movie. Uh, so that's just really cool that we were
1: able to get that going. But. Yes, long-winded answer for thank you. (laughs) Of course, and it turned into Pumpkinhead, which is the greatest way to accept compliments, is to turn it into Pumpkinhead references. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, before we
0: get going and start talking about what we've been seeing and what we've been up to, uh, I guess we should say that we have a special guest this week. We had spoken with Clayton Clayton Whitmer, who is the co-writer and director of The Arbors, a 2020 sci-fi thriller horror film and uh it's very very cool it's a very moody tense atmospheric little meditation little, yeah, on it's creature uh,
1: feature which is something it, we love here everybody knows
0: yeah and that's the thing though is i want to play the, the just for it's not the type of creature feature that some people might think this isn't like itsy bitsy which i haven't seen itsy bitsy and you know how much i love creature features like uh but the it was different than as I was someone expecting. who has
1: seen itsy bitsy no it is not itsy-bitsy.
0: yeah <laughs> It's a, uh, but it's yeah, it's a very very cool, tense little moody film that is on Tubi right now. So you can watch the, all two hours of it on Tubi, and uh, we definitely recommend it. But it was it was really fun talking to Clayton, really nice guy, and uh, we nice hope you guys guy. enjoy that conversation. But before that, let's uh, talk about what we've been up to. Jesus, before that even, I just want to say. Uh, part of our Kickstarter for the druids hand we had we had raised hundred and eighty eight percent of our funding goal Which was insane don't need to go through it all again uh, But I just hope people aren't sick of me thanking them, but thank you like that's
1: absolutely amazing I don't There's think no anybody's that... gonna be like oh shut the fuck up Mitch quit being appreciative. <laughs> You I dick. don't know,
0: man, if you if you saw like uh, the last day on set, like I'm pretty sure I was probably getting annoying for being like, I fucking love you to everybody. Because, man, we had the you you saw it. We had the absolute best crew, like just the most amazing people. And uh, it was just the whole thing was just made with so much heart and love. And uh, it was the best experience of my life, best four days of my life, hands down. Uh, but what I was getting at is one of the perks on our Kickstarter campaign was to get a guest spot on a tear table episode with yours truly uh boozy you're of course welcome to join whenever you want for these but i'm not going to expect you to because these are things that i'm going to have to but we got eight people that we got to get to here right. so um eight generous might be somewhere... backers yeah exactly well there might be some that will have me and boozy on there might be some with kyle uh might just be me and the guest. but i just wanted to let everyone know that uh we're gonna have eight bonus episodes so all of these months that we've been quiet, we're going to make up for it. There's going to be a couple times where we're going to have two episodes a week. Uh, there's going to be times where it'll, like, you know, we're, we're busy. We got shit to do. We're just always going to try and make sure there's at least one episode out a week moving forward. But I wanted to thank... Oh, I just want to personally thank all the backers who chose to to buy this perk or to contribute and uh, get this perk so Brent Hibbard my boy from let's talk about stuff like one of my absolute favorite people to talk to uh, He didn't need to like none of these people needed to do this. I'm gonna be honest I didn't think anyone was gonna want this. I was like who the who in the fuck would spend money to Talk with me, but that's not what they are doing They're just supporting the project and it's a bonus that they get to do an episode of the Terror table but there's a couple of people on here who have been on the tear table before brent hebbard being one of them but thank you brent and thank you for mentioning the kickstarter and the project on let's talk about stuff i'm a weekly listener of that show i love those guys so it meant a lot to me to hear them talking about it on there like that's the kind of thing that helps these little projects get to you know reach new heights Uh, but anyways yeah thank you brent and andrea moore i haven't had the chance to meet andrea yet but i'm looking forward to talking with her on the terror table we also have nicholas humphreys our goddamn oh. boy <laughs> yes uh i'm going to see did i tell you i'm
1: going to vancouver on sunday yes, for a couple yeah. days because we were gonna go going to go see candy man s- and now we're not oh right yeah i know that was, oh, fuck, that was I'm a going short-lived it. conversation it was like can you go this day no can you go this day no okay yeah
0: <laughs> i know what what world are we living in where i'm not going to see candy man on opening night like right? that's crazy but it's a busy time uh, but yeah, Nick, I'm going to be couch surfing at Nick's house. He's going to help me try and find a place. So I can't wait for that, but he's also going to be on the tear table again. Uh, also Sean Tally, who is a producer, uh, and he's the, one of the podcast co-hosts of the paper street podcast, which paper is street the production. Podcast. Yeah. Production company for Aaron B. Koontz's production company. And that one was really, really exciting for me because, uh, I'm a fan of Sean and, He's an example of a guy who I would have been nervous to reach out to to try and see if he would want to come on here. So it's really, really exciting that he's choosing to come on the show himself. So I'm really, really looking forward to talking with Sean. We also have Derek Yakimchuk, who not only donated to the Kickstarter, but he also worked his ass off on this film. He sure did.
1: That that boy's was scared of heights and he was up and down ladders all day. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that that boy's scared of a lot of things, and he just fucking killed it every second on that well, set, so I'm really looking forward to that. He's not
1: afraid to show love to his homies, and that's really all that matters. That is all that matters.
0: And uh, But the thing I'm going to say here is, the whole perk was, like, you get to choose a movie of your choice. I guess I didn't specify horror. <laughs> So some of these episodes aren't going to be horror, but I figure our, our listeners are going to be down for it. But Derek is actually going to be the first episode. I'm recording that with him on Sunday before I head out to Vancouver and he chose Ace Ventura. <laughs> so uh... a classic terror table feature. <laughs> Sorry, I was just drinking water it wasn't yeah I, I'm actually I'm a fan of Ace Ventura so I'm I'm really looking forward I, to that I,
1: you know what I feel like all of us we all grew up in that time period of like talking butts it was great
0: yeah yeah a lot of people I know there's some people out there who definitely it's not their jam and I understand why but I was like six years old when I saw yeah. Jim Carrey talking do, do with do you remember when
1: he punched the Monopoly man like knocked him out and then like <laughs> pretended to talk like like that was funny oh
0: yeah yeah it's always funny it's always funny and then yeah we got jay luke a uh, friend of the show he he's also coming on and craig Sillifant, who's been on the show before craig the movie geek our pal here very looking i'm looking forward to seeing what jay and craig like what they choose for a movie um and then elio our boy elio big l from the big apple that's what new york is right the big apple
1: what, what, what kind of apple do you think the large, the big apple would be? like? Would it be like a Granny Smith? It's got to be a Gala. Ooh, Red Delicious. My red, ga-
0: Ooh, a Red, red delicious. delicious. That's there the one. Go. That's the one. All right, <laughs> speaking of Red Delicious, thank you all for it. Yeah, that's eight people who are going to be coming on. Speaking of Red Delicious, thank you
1: all, beautiful people.
0: Yeah, but with all that out of the way um i guess we can just get right into talking about what we've been up oh, to hold but on i got one more that, i got one more thing oh, i was trying okay. to
1: i was trying to cram it in before but we didn't get to it um aside from all these bonus episodes coming out um you're probably going to be hearing this episode in september our anniversary is coming in october and we're going to have some big exciting uh stuff going on for that as well so you know uh Give us presents. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. The present. The present is still listening to us, especially when I'm. Man, it's been a while since I've been on the mic. I'm rusty today. Dude, we're celebrating.
1: We've been around for so long now. I know. Yeah, five years. Five, that's crazy. Five. We've been around half a decade. Like that's wild. I didn't
0: think. I didn't think I would make it to five years old.
1: You didn't think you'd make it As to five years old. <laughs> No, I don't know what I'm this getting at. This real here. tiny, depressed, little baby Mitch. Yeah.
0: I hate Mitch myself. Been,
1: yeah. And
0: just like that, you find out that I've been depressed since even before the divorce. <laughs> Folks. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, so yeah, there's going to be cool things coming in October, regardless. be look, Stay tuned for more Tear Table. Uh, but before we get talking about the stuff, do you want to hear a quick word from our sponsors, Boozy?
1: I always want to hear a word from our sponsors. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Connexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Connexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best. Your financial best. Prove them right. Start right at Connexus Credit Union
0: all right well do you want to talk about what we've been up to boozy i'm, I'm curious like what have what have you watched lately let's talk about horror movies it's let's been a while
1: about, i've been waiting i i have i've seen my favorite movie this year so far and okay we, you've said that before it's true just you
0: wait okay well there's still think halloween kills isn't out yet
1: speaking of that super exciting also okay this isn't directly like movie related but like let's talk about aliens fireteam for a second Oh right, yeah. I I, did, I didn't know if you were gonna throw it. that in there, but like you've been on it, and I'm I'm I think I'm gonna get on it. I think I'm gonna get on I it. I think you should. I
0: think okay. So Aliens Fireteam Elite. This is the new game for it's in the Aliens universe, and uh, you know this is a game franchise. Like the Alien films have never made for great games. We've seen a lot of really really bad video games over the years. Uh, I wouldn't say that this is, like, an amazing game by any means, but I really like it. Like, I'm having fun. I'm a huge Aliens fan, so I'm kind of getting my fix here. Uh, I didn't even play much of Colonial Marines, so I don't know, uh, how bad that game was, because I didn't really get oh, dude. into it.
1: day one, it was bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know, like, I, I guess I'm just... I don't know, I wasn't expecting a lot from this Aliens fireteam, like, you know, people had described it as Left for Dead, but instead of zombies, it's Aliens, and yeah, bingo, that's exactly what it is, it's just insanity, there's just countless Xenomorphs. So it's it's totally, like,
1: in. just like that, because it also has classes, right, you have all these different kind of Aliens, yeah. and they'll do kind of similar things. Oh man, they have like, ex- there's like uh,
0: xenomorphs that have, uh, like a lot of this is apparently from like the extended lore of like canon, like where it's uh there's a lot of like books and everything for people who are just huge fans of Alien, uh, that they make reference to, and like there's some of the xenomorphs where they have like, the bulb on their head is like pussing with like toxic waste, and it's like they explode, right. like bloaters right. in uh, Le- Left for Dead. Uh, but yeah it was it was 49.99 i bought it on steam it was only 49
2: and... yeah oh i thought yeah, this was uh, like a
0: full-priced game no and that's why i don't know i think obviously I've, I've only played two missions so far so i can't speak too much about it but right. i can say that i had an absolute blast the entire time i was playing it it's like this isn't a triple a game so don't expect uh don't expect doom style mechanics you know like you're not going to get amazing mechanics from games like this. This was a smaller team of developers, and I think they did a really good job. Like, obviously, Alien Isolation exceeded any expectations that any Alien fan should have had for an Alien game. Like, that was just such a good, tense experience, and it's an actually scary game. This is just, like, more of the Left 4 Dead, Gears of War, third-person shooter, you're mowing like, down aliens. Yeah, that, like, mode. They call mode. it Bug hunts. I want a Starship Troopers game like this. That's what I want.
1: <laughs> I, you know, and I, I like. I think we've mentioned this on on here before that there is like a game, a computer game that's like a million years old that was the same idea as like a, a Last Stand. You just shoot uh, oncoming bugs forever. But yeah, I would love a full-on Starship Troopers game. It could just literally follow the the arc of the movie, and I'd be happy with that. I want oh, to go to Athu. I would be extra happy if that's what they did with it.
0: But, yeah, I don't know. I recommend if you're a diehard Aliens fan, like, and... So know, there's some decent fan
1: service in this?
0: Big time. Yeah, yeah I don't know. There were, there were a couple things where they just, like, even characters had mentioned certain things that, you know, are from the films. and Right. Uh, there's even, there's some references to Prometheus and everything as well. Like, there's some... That's Yeah, co- that's that I cool. don't want to spoil, yeah, I don't want to spoil too much. But I'm, I'm a fan of it. But keep in mind, I'm not, like you know when i game i game hard but i don't game a lot uh but especially lately but this one it's it's tickling my fancy i'm enjoying sitting down and just being able to mow down bugs
1: okay what well, i have one more question before we we go and it's just kind of um have you been playing with other people or have you been playing with the computers as your allies well i think it's because
0: it's an online multiplayer so i'm pretty sure those are just other players, like, in the world. No, because you
1: can also just have random, like, AI do it for offline, isn't it?
0: I don't actually know about that. I haven't spent enough time looking into it, but I do know that it's, like, meant to be an online shooter, so I think that, like, you don't hear them playing, like, I don't have headsets turned on or anything like that, but... Um, But yeah, you just kind of go through missions together, and it's always like three people. At least the ones that I've played so far have been three different players, and you just face off against Xenomorphs, and it's a ton of fun. So yeah, that's Aliens Fireteam Elite. you want to talk about what movies have you seen recently, Boozy?
1: Alright, so in the, the last little while, I... I have a couple things to talk about, and the first one is 19... I, I I hope I didn't talk about this in the last episode. That's how long it's been since I've watched this. But I'll I watched you know. 1993's When a Stranger Calls Back. You know, it has been a long time, but
0: let's hear it anyways. Just I, I don't remember you talking about it, but that movie is fucking sick.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's a cool little 90s... Um, what would it be like it, it's basically Slasher-ish. just obsession sort of yeah like slasher stalking movie and it's yeah. it, it it's very interesting for its time i think it's it's aged pretty poorly honestly like i don't when is the last time you've seen this movie
0: it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember it i remember
1: it being better than the original Really, because I I actually like the original, and maybe that, like, I I think that's maybe why our opinions differ, because I was actually, like, hoping this would be more like the original, and I felt like it wasn't, and that's kind of, I liked the original. I don't mind the original. I just don't like the remake. Right, right, right. I like that one. I like that one, too, honestly. I know. I think I'm, like, the only person in the world who likes that one. There's got to be other idiots like you out there. Somewhere. I honestly, like, I, I can't give this movie too great a review. I haven't seen, I like, when I watched it, it was quite a while ago, and just looking at my Letterboxd review, I only gave it one star, so.
0: All right, sounds good. Uh, So, yeah, the, When a Stranger Calls Back, I, I still want to check that one out again. It's on
1: Tubi, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, please, if you watch episode. it, please tell me, like, if, oh, I will. if you still like it.
0: Okay, will do. Um, yeah, I'll start off with one that I know you, I'm pretty sure you have talked about this one recently, and it's a second time watch for me, but uh, this was a couple weeks ago. I rewatched Lynn Ramsey's We Need to Talk About Kevin. Uh, so, this yeah. is the film where you're the theater talking
1: about this. Yes, I did watch this recently as well, but yeah, let's hear it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley, and Ezra Miller being so terrifyingly perfect for this role. Uh, this was <laughs> one little of the two, like,
1: suspectedly perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it's
0: it's if you know any, like if you're familiar with Lynn Ramsey's work, she's done films like Ratcatcher, and uh, we need to talk about Kevin. Um, we are what oh, what's the what? Ah, I was you were never really here, Jesus! I always mess it up, and
1: that's right. probably my and favorite I, of all and of that all of the movie is really good too. Every yeah, time so, we bring so it up, good.
0: yeah, it's awesome. But Ezra Miller is just so goddamn good in this movie. It's uh, it jumps back and forth between. the the childhood upbringing of Tilda Swinton's son Kevin and her relationship with him and the challenges that she faces and it jumps between those sequences to modern day which uh, take place after he had committed a horrific act at his school and it's one of those things that just kind of makes you question parenting makes you question like insanity and mental illness and where it could come from and it's just—it's an incredibly heavy film, like most of Lynn Ramsey's stuff. Actually, all of her stuff is pretty heavy. Uh, but this is just masterful filmmaking. Like I—I I loved this thing when it came out. Uh, what? Or, sorry, I liked it. I think at that point I was—it was too depressing for me at that time. Like I was when gonna say you can't really have
1: a good time watching this. It is—it no. is hard to digest the subject matter.
0: Yeah, it is, but like I'm—I've made it no no uh, secret that I'm a fan of like ultra depressing films, mm-hmm. and uh, this is definitely definitely one of the best of the last 20 years for like that depressing core type film, and uh, yeah, I I just think it's absolutely masterful. I, I love this movie so much. It's devastating. Uh, so if you haven't seen that one, it's not a, directly a horror movie, but it is uh, it's very very tense, very strange, and and uh, upsetting very tragic so that's we need to talk about kevin what else you got boozy
1: i checked out a movie from last year on shutter i've i've been actually trying to get on shutter more and there's there's definitely a lot of good stuff on there but i checked out 2020s an unquiet grave directed by uh, terrence cray Cree? cray um and it's it's about a man going back to the site of a automobile crash that killed his wife a year after with her sister and he has a plan and a mission it's it's pretty dark and twisted it it deals with i don't want to give too much away but it, it deals with uh some supernatural stuff and has some really cool practical effects on it and and i think that it gives just enough uh occasional scares that that it's like a you know it's a fun watch i don't feel like i was ever ever bored with it
0: yeah cool yeah that's uh I have this one in my watch list on Shutter, so it's cool to hear that you enjoyed it. I recognize this guy from somewhere. I think he's, you know, Terrence Cray. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Either way, yeah,
1: that's that. That is cool. I will check that one out. Yeah, I, I'm. You know, honestly, uh, I kind of wish they would have came out this year. Might have made my my top whatever. I just unfortunately hadn't seen it yet. Yeah. For last year's. So. Well.
0: I'm going to take you back in time with an original and a remake. I'm going to knock off two right now Ooh. at the same time because they were, I haven't seen the, or I hadn't seen the original in years. It had been a very, very long time. And it's also no secret. This is a well-beloved remake. Like there's a lot of people who like this remake,
1: me being one of them. Hold on, hold on. I
0: rewatched. You can know, I, I guess?
1: Can I guess? Yeah. Okay. How well is the remake? liked it's it's fucking awesome is it considered like awesome. one of the best remakes yes is it evil dead
0: no it's not evil dead. i watch i did watch that again though i watched it but that's the thing is it's kind of cheating for me to ever bring up i watch the evil dead all the time no i know <laughs> I mean, but, but when, that that i thought you're talking about like the 2011 one it's just like oh okay okay no the hills have eyes
1: oh okay yeah yeah
0: yeah, so uh, it had been a very long time since I revisited Wes Craven's original from 1977. Uh, it's one where, like, this was, I, Hills Have Eyes remake came out in 2002, I believe, so I was like 12 Wait, years old. Wait, was it
1: 2002? I thought it was later than that. I'm not I'll t- I'll, you keep talking, I'll, I'll check it out.
0: Okay. Yeah. Either way, I saw the remake when I was pretty young, and then I had seen the I watched the original afterwards. And you know, when you're twelve or thirteen years old, you're probably gonna enjoy the one that's a little flashier. Uh, so that is definitely
1: the case here. Right. Okay. Um, so what, it was 2006, because I I remember when oh, this really? came out. Me and all like my little friends got together and watched this, and I I haven't seen it since like way back then. But I remember it being just gory and violent as fuck
0: maybe should i should i save this should we do an episode on the original and the remake i would like, love I'll just, like,
1: to yeah
0: i i the only thing i will say moving forward from here is like i fucking love both of these movies right they're
1: both but can, can you confirm yeah. is it is it still like as gory as i think it is
0: yeah no it's one of the most relentless fucking movies ever like that that's the thing is like the remake is savage like they they go to the line like of where it's maybe just about not acceptable anymore and then they step a few they take a few steps over it right (laughs) Uh, like that's alex alger's hills have eyes remake but then wes craven's originals or his original it's like so it's the dialogue that's so gross and just like the it's so i don't even know how i would describe like the lore the lore of the hills have eyes is amazing
1: all and, right, like in my opinion, like it being based off of that the hermit with the family and yeah yeah like yeah. that and that's so it is cool. different
0: yeah it's a little different than the the remake but uh it's like early craven like early west craven that's another one that you know i rewatched the the last house on the left for the first time in years like almost over a decade uh, i watched that earlier on this year and that movie also jolted up so high in my books like watching it as an adult like right. i love that original as much as you can say that you love and i was gonna a movie say like that's
1: that, that's also a tough movie to digest
0: yeah but the hills have eyes is definitely very similar in a lot of ways i think early craven he's just so goddamn cynical and dark right. and like some of the dialogue like i wrote down a quote from one of the characters in um in the original like the the way that the the hill people, the mutants, whatever you want to call them, speak to each other is just so gnarly. Like one of them says, "Make sure y'all don't get rid of that tenderloin baby unless I say so." They keep on calling a baby tenderloin, and like pass me the baby tenderloin, oh, and it's, it's a like, good cut. god yeah that is a choice you card. think they're, nice.
1: they're like watching the kid like, they're like don't let him crawl don't let him walk you're, you're making the meat to this. oh god yeah
0: this, this ain't a free-range tenderloin baby yeah, free-range um, baby and yeah one of like so the thing is like in 1977 obviously the the acting is going to be a little bit different also this movie wasn't an already established like body of work so the remake clearly had a way bigger hollywood budget uh but it's it's, like I said, the dialogue, The there's a scene where the the dad, uh, or no, the hill people are like eating the dad and as they're eating him, he like nods and says, alright, let's get started. <laughs> it's like, what do you, like, so much savage stuff has happened at this point and yeah, there's, there's so many times in early Craven that I see like a, a side of him that's clearly just scared of religion. Like he, mm-hmm. obviously, he dissects and uh, pulls from his fear of God and his fear of religion and the religious upbringing that he had. And he, do, he like he does that in a lot of his movies, but The Hillside Have Eyes is one of the ones that I feel really, really stood out, like a lot of those moments. Like there's the, the dad getting a stake through his hand, kind of like Jesus on a cross, and it's just,
1: it's brutal. But, just uh, little, yeah, little the, subtle nods to your buddy Jesus.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah. But uh, yeah, I just both movies are great i think that the remake while there are like i i will say now as an adult i prefer the original i i just i really really like the original now uh but the remake is great like it's it's what a remake should be and it is incredibly savage it's so much more brutal than it than you could expect like i don't understand how people could shit on like this is definitely not one of the remakes where they could say that it was diluted down to, to hollywood nonsense you know like this it's still an insanely brutal movie uh, but yeah and it's genuinely scary and genuinely upsetting there's one scene in both of them specifically the remake that i think could be taken out because it's so not L- too much just it's very it's a lot but the thing is it's also kind of a key point to what craven was mm-hmm. going for in terms of intrusion and all that kind of stuff but it's a very, very rough scene to watch. but. So what you're yeah. saying
1: is we should post-humorously cancel Wes Craven. No, that will never happen. <laughs> it could never be canceled. Love that, man. Uh, but yeah, that's those are
0: The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, so what else have you got, Boozy? I, I can't
1: wait to to do a, a full episode. If that's the plan, I can't wait to do a full episode on that. Um, I'm going to kind of I'm going to talk about this one pretty quick, and I'm going to get the other one. I want to talk about it another way, and then that's all I got. So just bear with me. Uh, this is another Tubi, or not Tubi. Uh, this is another Shutter movie. I def, like I've said, I've been going through. So this is 2020s. The call. Uh, it's Tobin Bell, Lin Shay. Oh yeah. Um, do you obviously you remember Truth or Dare, right? Yeah. It feels like it's the same kind of thing. Um, I, no. I, honestly, I I honestly this shouldn't have been my kind of movie. Uh, just with like I shouldn't have started this movie. Like like I feel like you would be the one who got the Lin shay like oh, i'm gonna watch this Lin shay movie right because you love oh, it just
0: because i like well i like her in the insidious movies that doesn't mean every movie okay so you, you wouldn't go great. out and
1: check out the call because she's in it well i didn't i didn't go out and check the Call. right so
0: that should answer your question
1: i and i think that's exactly what it's it's just there's nothing really here it's it's about a bunch of kids who torment this old lady and then like, something happens to her and they have to answer a phone in her house. I'm not even joking. It is, it is weird. Uh, Tobin Bell's character, ha- I, maybe it's all his roles, but in this movie, he literally has to explain all these rules to people, which just makes me feel like it's like what he's good at doing. He's good at telling yeah, he's people. Jigs- jigsaw again. Exactly. It's, it's the same basic idea. He's like, I got some rules and here they are. It, it's not good I it's supposed to be kind of a spooky ghost movie I just I couldn't get into it, it it's just, yeah so there was that I would I would say probably avoid that one on, on uh, Shudder and then the last one I want to talk about is I have to actually ask have I talked about it already because I know I've talked to you a million times about it have Which? I have I talked about caveat on the no. table no no you haven't and I and feel I can, like I guess I can yeah, get, yeah I... go ahead do you want to talk about it? Like, oh yeah, yeah, go go hard. Okay, because we've we've both seen this, and yep. uh, I think I've seen it three four times now. I'm not even oh, joking. Shit. I've I've seen so this is a Shutter movie as well, um, and it is directed by uh, Damian McCarthy. Yeah, and written by him as well. Yeah, written and directed by Damien McCarthy, and it is a. It is fantastic. I do not know how to describe this movie entirely. I, I like I. Me and Mitch have actually talked about it quite a bit. Unfortunately, not on air. But I, I remember mentioning it to him that like I've I haven't seen anything quite like this. It it's yeah. it's a very cool concept and I there's genuinely some very scary stuff in this movie. How would how would you describe the story for this? Like I.
0: Well, it's been a couple weeks since I've watched it, so I'm just going to read the IMDb synopsis here. I have it pulled up because, yeah, this is one that I also, I really enjoyed, and it came highly recommended from you. And, uh, yeah, it's just, the synopsis is, A lone drifter suffering from partial memory loss accepts a job to look after a psychologically troubled woman in an abandoned house on an isolated island. Uh, So it is just like a very secluded, dreary, psychological horror movie. very, yeah. yeah. It's and very good acting. Like I like the acting across the board. Uh, it's an Irish horror film, and yeah, I, I thought the it was just very inventive, and you didn't really know where it was going. It's just a really tight hour and a half movie. And that's the thing uh, I, I
1: think I liked the most about it is you really did not know where it was going, and not in a bad way. You were you were intrigued the whole way through. Yeah. No, definitely in a good way.
0: And it's just it's a very strange, strange experience. But I think if you're someone out there who enjoys those types of cerebral, psychological horror movies, this is definitely one worth checking out. Um, You know, obviously, every time I say psychological horror, I always think of Jacob's Ladder. And while it's nothing like it's not a lot like that, there are similarities in it. And uh, it's just a really good, interesting it's a really interesting idea and one that i'm not gonna lie in the first like 15 minutes i was like i don't know about this because the plot device that they i was like i just don't know if i buy into how this guy is going to end up here right but then the as you let the story unfold and you you learn more about it and maybe um nothing is as it seems and so that's that's a high praise for me i don't know i think it's a really solid psychological horror movie and Uh, I love the the set the set and like the the plot devices that they use they use a lot of really inventive cool things to Keep their characters in certain places or to push them out or out of their comfort zone and out of their Like in into the horror. Yeah, and and uh, I'm sure
1: I've mentioned it before but one of the scariest scenes I, I think it's probably the scariest scene I've seen all year for sure and just just genuinely because we've mentioned this before is we've seen so many horror movies it's not you know it's not always easy to to get that genuine actual fear there is some genuinely scary shit in this movie like personally i i would say there are a couple of scenes where i was genuinely like oh my god
0: yeah it's it's a creepy movie and uh they did a lot with a lot with uh, not a lot if that makes any sense like they with their resources it, it was very impressive mm-hmm. um so yeah that's caveat it came out in canada like we i believe it's a 2020 movie but we got it on june 5th 2021 and on shutter so yeah and i've been singing about is, it ever since yeah yeah this has definitely been the one that has seemed like even off air it seems like it's the one that excited you the most this year so yes. If you're a Tarot listener and you tend to agree with Boozy or are at least intrigued by his opinion, this is one that you should definitely be putting or, at the top of your you list. Or if you don't
1: like my opinion at all, watch it and tell yeah. me meticulously why I'm wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I Dare just appreciate you. the conversation, honestly.
0: Yeah. All right, well, yeah, I only have one more, and I think yeah, it's one that you've seen as well. Uh, do you, how, do you, how many more do you have, Boozy? I just
1: have one more. Is it Honeydew? Oh, okay, never mind. I have two more.
0: Okay, uh, let's talk about Honeydew then really quick. So this is one that we had shown at the Broadway Theater. uh, Saskatoon Fantastic Film Festival and the Broadway Theater teamed up to play uh, Honeydew, which is a horror movie that I know that we were trying to get for the festival last year, uh, but things just didn't work out. But when we had watched it in the screening process, I know that the three programmers the saskatoon based programmers here all kind of lost their minds over it me included i think it's just a it's a really strange strange horror movie Uh, but the synopsis is strange cravings and hallucinations befall a young couple after seeking shelter in the home of an aging farmer and her peculiar son the movie is written and directed by devaro milburn and it stars sawyer spielberg which is steven spielberg's son and Malin Barr, who plays Riley, and then I also want to just mention Barbara so, Barbara Kingsley, the old lady in this film, is just tremendous. Uh, but yeah, so this was she
1: does the the interesting old lady better than yeah yeah anyone like I, I, yeah
0: out of all the movies like there's a lot of movies out there with creepy the creepy old lady trope. I think this is one of the creepiest ones. Oh,
1: she kills it. Yeah, and you want you want to like her the whole time, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's strange. But, like, this is an example of one that, like... So, John, Jeff, and I watched it, and we all, like, loved it and wanted to play it, and it just didn't work out. So it was cool that we got to show it in the theater anyways. But it's currently holding a 4.4 4 out of 10 on on IMDb with a 40% Metascore, which, at first, I was kind of, like... All three of us were very surprised because we are like, what? Like, how how is this movie like we thought it was so good so how is it possibly getting all these like really low scores and then I watched it again and I'm like oh yeah this is not a movie for mainstream audiences in any capacity this all. is a challenging movie it's very very strange very cerebral I compare it to I'm thinking of ending things meets the Texas Chainsaw Massacre so if you're into those kinds of just really moody weird strange stories that go into some pretty extreme horror It's one that I still highly recommend. Um, I know this time around I found the score a little distracting. Like I love the score, but I think it was kind of overboard. But that's not even, it's just, it's a really, really good score and it's very loud. Very unsettling. Very unsettling. Uh, But yeah, so I've already talked about Honeydew. I didn't even get to hear what you thought of it. Let's hear what you thought, Boozy.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Honeydew here. Uh, this was a really cool movie i loved so much of the idea of this and and the tension that it builds and yeah you're right it is it is hard to explain and at times it is hard to follow because you're not given a lot at certain points you're just kind of forced to watch people do things you might not like or it's kind of gross um and and i do appreciate a lot of that stuff i do feel like I don't want to cut you off. I don't want to cut you off here, but I do need to.
0: Like, I just thought of the perfect comparison. You know when Gabe in the office makes a horror movie and he shows everyone, (laughs) and it's like people cutting into a cake and stuff. There's a lot of that in this. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's if you have any sort of weird like food. ASMR. Yeah, ASMR. I don't know if it would be a kink. It, It definitely plays on that. Um, but I guess I guess the point I wanted to come across is so the story is so all over the place. By the end, I I just kind of felt like a little bit lost. Yeah, and it, I I think that that maybe that was. There was there was so much going on at the end, and then and then it just stops. And I, I think that that kind of that kind of threw me off. Um, I, I do think it's a very cool movie. There are some genuinely tense scenes in this. I think a lot of the stuff in the the basement is yeah. is particularly, uh, and it's just it's something that we've always talked about. We like on the show is just how to use space to make it more impactful and scary. And I, I think that they did a great job that way. And I, I think there was some very interesting how they did certain camera tricks. They had, they had kind oh, yeah. of their own unique thing that they kept going back to, to kind of shake things up. And it, it, it did feel a little distracting, I'm not gonna lie, but it also, it was a very kind of like, it snapped you back into wherever you were in the movie, which I, I assume that that's what they were going for. Um, yeah. so yeah overall I thought this was uh, like uh, is really really good um, like like I said the story wasn't entirely for me but I don't yeah. think that makes it a bad movie at all
0: no yeah definitely and that's one thing I didn't pick up on the first time I saw it was that it was not only written and directed by Devaro Milburn but he also edited it mm-hmm. and like the editing is pretty like it's a very crucial element to the yes. storytelling of this film uh, there's a lot of like really strange weird cuts and it's one of those movies where you're you're meant to be confused. It's like you're meant to be yeah. It's, it with wasn't the that like you're
1: never not paying attention. It's literally that they don't yeah. give you the answers.
0: Yeah, and then they kind of, he kind of jolts you into the the nightmare with the two with the two characters and what they're experiencing, and that's just simply a plot like a certain type of storytelling that a lot of people aren't gonna re- it's not gonna resonate with them. So I I understand the low scores, but I also I had to slap myself because I'm like, wait a minute, like there, you know. Obviously, there's so many movies that I love that have really, really low scores. That, you know, that and scores it's gonna keep really you up at night. I get it. Well, that it just they really do not matter for movies this challenging. It's a very challenging movie, and it's clearly just one that's gonna work for some people and not work at all for others. Right. And I get, I get both sides. I, I'm a fan of it, but. uh It is one. I guess I would. I know it was your favorite horror movie of the year last year, but I also see a lot of similarities to something like *The Dark and the Wicked* in terms of just like the setting and like the kind of structure. No, I can. I can totally
1: see that too, and it's just kind of how where its story goes. That's quite a bit different, but yeah, Yeah. I I get that. Yeah, and I really liked Sawyer
0: Spielberg. That's the last thing I'll say. I think he's good. I think he's really good, and I'd like to see him in more stuff.
1: Yeah, actually, it's it's always nice to see that that every once in a while there's. another Busey out there that's going <laughs> to...
0: <laughs> yeah, or what's the fucking... Or a uh, Russell. No, what are the the brothers... Uh, I don't even know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no. Uh, and it's one, though, also, uh, I found I took a lot more out of it the second time watching it because after knowing, like, I knew going in where it was going to end up, so there were a lot of little nuances that I picked up on that I didn't the first time, and it's definitely a very layered and complex film. So that's Honeydew, uh sorry did you say you have one more yes i have one more okay hit me with it
1: all right just in case you wanted to check out uh a show from a couple years ago i finally got around to i had started watching this i want to say like a year two years ago and never finished it and i finally just i sat down and i binged it i watched all of the stranger terror. things no Oh, okay sorry say it the terror oh nice from from the, 2018. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so the, I still... I, I think I saw the first episode, but it was coming out weekly, and I just, like, fell yeah. off. and they're, like, they're like,
1: the the 45, 48-minute episodes. So yeah. that, that's where it's, like, I don't feel like I watched a ton of movies since, but it's, like, I crushed all that, which was a ton of hours. But... Yeah. Uh, amazing show i i really have to say i know it's like telling people that like game of thrones is good after the fact but like if you haven't seen the terror it's fantastic it covers the uh the franklin expedition that went horribly wrong a bunch of uh tea drinkers came up to try and find the northwest passage in, in canada and uh the winter just whooped their fucking ass <laughs> <laughs> That's my description of it. But it is... I'm going to watch it now, like, immediately. I'm going to probably start it tonight. You should, and it's... I think you'll get a lot out of it, too, is I I wasn't just paying attention to the story. It's just, it's how beautiful it is. They they set this whole thing, and it's just, I don't know. It's got me intrigued to the point where now I'm, like, I'm looking up information about the actual, like, Franklin Expedition. It's like, you can tell a movie's good when it makes you go and search movie or tv show is good when it makes you go and search out more things of that nature are always fine
0: yeah and i'm pretty sure there's a second season yes of the there's there's
1: two seasons i i crushed them both
0: oh is it done already yeah does it still follow the same like it, it, is it a separate story
1: or is it a continuation it, from well the it's season? so it's based off this book and basically this guy and it, it's his version of because we don't truly know what ended up happening to him but it's kind of an uh, you know, a, a fictionary or do you like idea of what might have happened, and then they add in kind of a, a spirit element to it, which is also really cool. I think I think you'll really dig it. There's a ton of violence in it, um, and it's it's just I think overall, besides the violence, is it's just a very well directed, shot, edited. It it's it's like a masterclass. You watch this, and you're it's it's beautiful.
0: Awesome. Cool, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to get to that, because I've been, lately, now that we're done filming, I've been trying to look for long-form TV shows that I missed out on
1: or, like, you know, just haven't gotten to yet. Well, and, and, and normally it's hard for me to, to commit to something. That's why, like, I started watching it years ago and never finished. But... I know what got you for it,
0: but because oh. I, I know I know what the reveal is, so uh, definitely a boozy thing, yeah. and definitely a Mitch thing. yeah, oh, no, yeah. This, I think you'll long. love it. I'm- I'm certain I'm gonna love it, and I- I didn't not watch it because I didn't think mm-hmm. it was good. I just- it's one of those ones where I wanted to wait until it was all done so I could binge it, and then once it was all done, other things got in the
1: way. But it's- now it's kinda like I'm how to I'm it. gonna start watching the second season of The Mandalorian right now. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, wait, say that one more time? I haven't seen the second season of The Mandalorian, so.
0: It has- and you're a
1: meme lord, so you obviously know how it ends.
0: Oh, good God. Good
1: God, Boozy. Go watch it now. I Well, we just got the Disney Network. I'm definitely going to watch it. You got to. It. It's so good. I love season two. Oh, I, I love the show. It's just, I don't know. I just, I drop off watching TV shows, and then I'll come back later.
0: That's an unreal, it's unbelievable that that hasn't been spoiled for you, though, because it's, like, one of the biggest, like nerd
1: fandom moments. right I mean, you'll, you'll
0: see well it's also <laughs> i just did, can't believe do you is still
1: back. do you still watch like any of the shows on like i just went and looked at all the star wars stuff they have now and there's like eight other tv series i've never heard of can't even keep up with it it's
0: it's ridiculous and, like i'm a i'm a diehard star wars fan it's the same thing with i know you're not a marvel fan but like i've even fallen off marvel shows because it's just it's too much like there's so much i was even gonna there. mention
1: there's uh, a marvel movie either just came out or is about to come out and it's like holy shit every like it feels like every month there's another one it's it's like yeah. is there not a burnout no it's it's the
0: tv shows that are causing burnout for me now because it's like it's hard to dedicate 10 hours to something you know right i could i could keep up with going to see at one point there was like a new marvel movie every month I'm like, oh yeah, that's and, just one of fifty movies I'm going to see. But this like, month.
1: really, that's not like a burnout for you? Like, I, I don't know.
0: I, I, I'm slightly getting burnt. I'm slightly getting burned out now. But uh, they weren't burning me out before because, like, and I know, it's uh, just a difference in opinion. But they right. were always good. Like right. I always, they, they maintained uh, a level of quality that I was always still entertained. And that's like, even the Suicide Squad. Like I, I saw that. I didn't mention that, but that movie. I don't know if you. Have any intentions of seeing it? But probably not. Uzi, you will fucking love it. Really? It's James Gunn, unleashed. Uh, I I thought it was great. Like, but even that, I'm not as high on it as I probably would have been a couple years ago, just because there's so much now. Right. And I don't know. I'm. I think I'm just getting distracted. And I'm sure I'll come back to it. But Suicide Squad is fucking hilarious. Like, it's it's really really good.
1: I, I, uh, I've actually heard that the it's super funny, so I want to check that out. But oh, man, should like we,
0: me, me and Jambi were
1: losing it laughing. <laughs> I love Jambi. Should we get on to the main feature and let our yeah. listeners hear about Clayton?
0: Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, it was good talking to you again, Boozy. And, yeah. man, it was good talking about horror movies. We'll be back again next week. But for now, uh, enjoy this, this uh, conversation with writer-director Clayton Whitmer of The Arbors.
2: we used to try to
0: catch snakes and lizards and stuff like that i just found something i've never seen anything like it
1: You know the people that's killing. Everyone knows everyone around
2: here.
0: And welcome to our main feature presentation in which we are talking with writer and director Clayton Whitmer, who uh, previously released his latest film, The Arbors, which is a sci-fi thriller horror film uh, that Boozy and I both had a chance to check out on our beloved Tubi. That is where we learned of the film's existence. And uh, yeah, we both watched it. And man, it's a it's a tremendous movie. It's really, really cool. So we're really happy to have you here. Welcome to the Tarot Table, Clayton.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess uh, let's just let's talk a little bit about you first as a director and a writer and uh, a genre fan. Are you you a fan of horror movies in general?
2: Uh, Yeah, I am. I wasn't like growing up. I was very scared of them. So it's like more of a newer thing, I suppose. Um, You know, with movies overall, uh, horror is probably a later (laughs) genre I've gotten into, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, And, you know, sci-fi was maybe even for this movie, what led into it and the other elements sort of develop from there.
1: Okay, um, so what got you into horror? That because this this does feel like a very uh, heavy horror film, and and uh, you have a lot of the um, what would I put it. I guess the the horror timing you you have down very well, and that that seems like somebody who is kind of seasoned. So,
2: yeah. Um, hmm. Well. I guess, so this was actually probably the first bigger project I'd done that was, like, specifically horror, or, you know, at least mostly horror. I'd done, mm-hmm. like, you know, I'd been in film school before this, um, and I'd kind of not wanted to tackle anything super serious. I'd done, like, mainly comedies and stuff there, just to sort of, uh, you know, practice there. Because I feel like with uh, drama and horror, you can sort of easily go, go overboard, I guess, or it's harder to, whatever, yeah. to land, so... I don't know. I think just you know, with this project, I definitely got into it. Obviously, studied a lot and all that. um
0: Yeah, it's funny that you say uh, that, like, because it is super easy to go over the top with horror, and it's really easy to make your serious topic seem like a joke. And that's never once a thing in the arbors. Like, it's such a straight faced film, and it's very reserved and emotionally t- emotionally tense. Uh, so, like you mentioned that you're a fan of like you started with comedies and everything but like there's got to be some deep roots of i i personally like i look at this thing and i think it's kind of like a kind of like a sci-fi horror version of the burbs in some way Mm, which is one of my favorite movies uh so yeah i'm just i guess i'm wondering like where you kind of pulled inspiration for this specific story
2: hmm yeah so i feel like the where the idea started at was the basic, a guy finds a creature. And I feel like that to me was a very, not, I don't know, fundamental, but like in my childhood, that was something I maybe spent a lot of time thinking about, like that, something that would have been very cool to me. So this movie also like a lot of childhood themes, that's obviously sort of the focus of it. So hmm, once, you know, once I got that idea, it all sort of built from there, pulling in references and whatnot. So, uh, hmm like we looked up a lot of older like monster movies to kind of so we want to make a monster movie that obviously it's not a straight monster movie there's a lot of drama and whatnot and i wanted to be able to work both with and without the uh creature elements
0: yeah yeah and it definitely does like it's for the most part it's it kind of this is one that i could see a lot of like the hardcore cult horror fans like this isn't going to be something there they'll be they might go into this thing thinking it's going to be a wacky creature feature and it's anything but that uh, exactly, but that's, what, yeah. that's what's like really really interesting about it though and it's it's got a great cover like that's boozy is our uh, he's the we call him the raccoon of tubi so he's always digging through finding all the little gems and he immediately hit me up after he watched this one and uh he was right i i did really really like it but awesome. uh, this this was like a first feature for you hey
2: yeah i mean this is literally our and i mean it kind of just came out too so we shot it after graduating film school, sort of this group of students that we'd worked together for a long time, um, back in 2016, and it's just been, like, post trying to get it finished since then, and then, you know, finally, I guess, like, we were supposed to come out March of last year, and then, you know, obviously that didn't happen, so it kind of, it's been a weird, like, rollout, kind of, for the first feature experience, where it's sort of this, uh, yeah, I don't know, just people finding it and, like, you know, reaching out to me on the internet and whatnot, Yeah really yeah that's probably been a a huge change for you yeah it's been yeah i don't know it's been unique like it's my first feature so i don't know what a normal experience would be but yeah you know doing like the virtual festivals and all that kind of stuff has definitely been interesting
1: um i have to ask just because i was kind of looking um chelsea cummings who you wrote this with you've actually worked with her i believe on all of your short films is that somebody you graduated with
2: yeah, we are engaged now, so sort of. Oh, okay. Congra- I wasn't sure how that yeah.
1: worked, but congratulations!
2: Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we're you know working on stuff now together, and yeah, we sort of with this feature, I'd worked on it myself for a couple drafts, and then it actually changed a lot over whatever the process. So she came in on some of the later drafts and helped uh, shape it up a bit. Yeah. Where
1: where do you did you see that she helped a lot in terms of your script? Like, do you, do you feel like I guess uh, I guess the first question would be, do you feel like you put a lot of yourself into your characters in this? And and kind of yeah, what did what did Chelsea help add for that?
2: Yeah, um, hmm. you know, I mean, I know the characters are like a little weird and offbeat, so I don't know if I so much like with the character. I, the overall tone was kind of where I started with it. Like that was the tone that the finished movie is, was kind of like the very first feelings of it. So, honestly, Chelsea came in and probably mainly helped with like structure and like character stuff towards the end. Um, Some stuff like really got shifted up in the last draft um, with like the Brody character and stuff like that. Like he didn't actually, I think exist before the last draft, it was sort of a different direction. Um, And it's, it's hard now because, you know, there's so many different layers or not layers, but so many different times you're rewriting through the editing and all that. And Chelsea's also been there through that process, so it's all just kind of melds together. It's hard. to... There's definitely not a definitive line.
0: It's a it's a ballsy move for you guys on your first your first feature to have so much such a big cast. Like there's a lot of characters in this thing, and uh, that's something that really stood out to me as someone who like I'm just jumping into my first foray into filmmaking and everything. Just finished my first short, and it's okay, two people, awesome. yeah, it's yeah, just two two people. So it's just like. Uh, I commend you for thinking like I'm like I don't uh, like for a first feature and everything having that many characters and to not have it feel overstuffed or anything like it's just it's it's the way that you guys let the film breathe that I think really makes it work and that's those quiet moments are uh, what this film's really all about it's not even really the creature story it's just the quiet moments between all these tense characters
1: I'm glad I'm glad that worked for you that's awesome yeah
0: yeah so Um. like
1: yeah, Boozy, you go. I was gonna say, what was kind of the inspiration for the creature itself? Because that—that's one big thing with the creature feature is you have to have something that's maybe not entirely well. I don't know if it is because there are some where it's like it's not entirely believable. I'm not saying you are specifically, but like to make something that that does like feel really believable and anatomically somewhat you know like uh, how did you go about creating that creature was it inspired by a specific thing you kind of mentioned you guys had done your homework on that
2: yeah um so i mean it's an interesting thing because it kind of stretched through the entire production post and everything because i would say the final design of the creature wasn't nailed down till you know very late in the process but just the idea that it was this big uh spindly sort of creeping like long tendril legs and whatnot sort of to me like i always fit with the tone of it just like this like creeping dread the whole time the things are like closing in so and also early on we had the idea that we're going to do the creature like practically just with legs coming on screen and whatnot so a lot of it was sort of storyboarded out in that way to just be sort of coming into the space and whatnot never fully seen so that was like one part of it and then just really working with um the uh what would it be the computer modeler <laughs> like just yeah. back and forth with him like nailing down the specific design and just kind of uh sent. so it was always going to be like a giant spider sort of thing but uh just finding references along the way there's like some uh you know microscopic picture of some like flea or something under a microscope that was like kind of what we use for like the head so
0: yeah that's a very important element of creature fe- even though like i know this isn't you wouldn't necessarily call this a standard creature feature but boozy and i are we built a relationship off of fans of monster movies and creature movies. So it uh, obviously I saw the poster for, it, I was like, Oh, I get why boozy loved this <laughs> and what, why he wanted to check it out. Um, but yeah, that's the, the design of this thing is really cool. If I, if I had to like, com, like explain it to someone listening who hasn't seen it, it kind of almost feels Guillermo del Toro esque inspired, uh, like the the types of things that you'd find in his
1: creepy house that he roams around in.
2: <laughs> right.
1: So which uh, which high school, or film school did you graduate from and kind of like what what who what filmmakers did you you know get inspired from growing up what made you want to go into film like let's talk a little
2: bit about you know that your choice of career and how that went Take us back yeah, yeah. to the
0: beginning, Clayton.
2: For yeah, sure. take us way sure. back. <laughs> um, so I actually grew up in Canada in BC. Um, so I yeah. Oh, you're Canadian yeah, boy. I am. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah uh, sure, sorry, sure. that's not really something to celebrate
0: anymore. But yeah, we're no, we, we're Canadian as well. <laughs> right.
2: No, yeah. Um, so I what was my point with that? I grew up there. Um, so I had some opportunities to go to like uh, I had some film classes in middle or, uh, you know middle school and whatnot. Um, Growing up, I like the movies I like the most were just like Jurassic Park, Star Wars, those kind of things, which I think, you know, some of that kind of comes through to this kind of movie, you know, the creature or whatever um, right. element. Um, so, yeah, kind of those bigger movies. I don't know. It's kind of the only thing I've ever wanted to do. So it's sort of I've always been interested in it. Um, and then, yeah, kind of the middle school class was when I sort of thought like it could be a career. So it was like a cool thing. Um, I moved down here to North Carolina. Um and when uh, applied to the School of the Arts, UNCSA, North Carolina School of the Arts, a film school, um, and so we regroup this train of thought. Oh, it's
1: all good. No problem. It's,
0: it's a it's a big question.
2: Yeah, my whole uh, yeah.
1: Whole so tell trajectory. us about your whole life.
2: Yeah, <laughs> really um, fast. So yeah, so it wasn't. I didn't really move to this area for the school or anything, but sort of just um good opportunity that was sort of already around it. So I applied to the school, got in there, and uh, just over the years there, just sort of grew a group of filmmakers there, you know, cinematographer and producer and whatnot. And uh, so we made, I think like three or four short films throughout school together, and it was always a great experience. And uh, so almost the idea of making a feature together uh, kind of predated the idea of the Arbors. We knew like when we graduated, we all wanted to make something right away before we all kind of dispersed. Um, so I actually kind of spent the summer before our last year of school, like racking my brain, trying to come up with an idea, um, and landed on this idea, obviously, and then spent that last year of school developing it. And we actually had some classes, um, that were like similar to first feature classes. So I was able to, uh, you know, kind of use those classes to my benefit and like workshop the story with, uh, different classmates and, uh,
0: so yeah, what, what, what was the, th- part about film like did you know going into film school that you wanted to
2: direct yeah um well you know I love like the filmmaking part of everything more than directing like even figuring everything out like building little like I did a lot of the special or you know the practical effects on this movie and all that I'm always been interested in that kind of stuff um but yes directing has always been I guess the end goal for sure nice
1: Okay, do you have any any specific directors that really influenced you? like it it seems like Spielberg, I'm
2: assuming. Sure. yeah. um so I kind of like usually like pick a director and kind of go through their work and stuff and like spend time on that and then move on. So I don't, you know there isn't one overall. I guess it just depends on whatever time I'm in. Um, during the making of this movie, or you know, the pre-production kind, I think it was, Sort of uh, Dennis Villeneuve with like Enemy oh, yeah. and um, even Prisoners. I think those were like big, uh, you know, visual influences, which you may I, be able to. you know
0: I was totally gonna say before like Enemy. Uh, anim- I was gonna say that it, to me, it felt like The Burbs meets Enemy.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. and I
0: didn't, but I didn't want that to be like uh, just because obviously there's like the the tentacle type creature in that film, and it plays such a small role, but it's the right. the tone the tone of the movie
2: mixed right. we, with uh, yeah. Yeah, That's absolutely. Cool. I think we use like the enemy soundtrack is like the whole temp track, like for cutting yeah. it. And like under the skin, some tracks from that and whatnot. So that was probably another influence. It's just kinda like off not off beats, not the right word, but almost unsettling off-putting? like Yeah, yeah, Kilt, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, dread and uh Babadook at the time was like a big one that we were kind of looking at. Um Yeah. Yeah. That's where cool. did you
1: get the the sound effect for the creature itself? Because that that also is is uh, another great part of of a lot of creature features. You got to have like the right sound to right. really, and especially with you're talking about like the mood you guys are going for. You can't have it, you know, uh, making kind of goofy sounds like a clown nose or something. So where did you get that idea
2: from, or is that just something somebody threw together? No, um, so we had. Have... Probably the earliest thing was on the actual set, we have like uh, our producer, Clay, was just doing some uh, in the scene where like the guys in the white suits are kind of being attacked and the main character's hiding. Uh, Clay was just doing like these real horrifying screeching noises and whatnot just to get a react, you know, something for the actor to react with. And so that was maybe the earliest thing. But during the editing, I just recorded a bunch of temp noises, I think, of me actually doing it. And then um, the... Uh, sound designer took it from there. And he actually like just built them, I believe up from scratch, you know, just using different elements. And then I, it was important. What was it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sorry. There was an important element that we wanted to focus on both with the uh, score or the uh, sounds of the creature, but also with the score because the creature has themes when it appears and whatnot, where it's like higher, higher pitch and smaller in the beginning, obviously, and then it's like growing more mass throughout the film. And uh, yeah, so that was one of the ideas.
0: So how did you paint that picture for your actors who had to react to it? Like you said that you had like your one of your <clears throat> one of the other people on the set was making the screaming noises or something like that. Like, is that kind of just what you gave them? Like react to how you would if you heard this?
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it was, I guess, specific to like the in- scene and whatnot, because some of it's like fear. And then a lot of it with the main character, he's very like enamored by the creature. So, you know, it's all of that. Yeah. Um, we had, as I said, we were originally trying to do it uh, practically. So I had some like half-finished practicals, to, you know, to like wave around on set in front of the actors for some shots. So but that was about the extent of it. Yeah, that's that's got to be tough. I, I was just
0: looking today. I shared it on Instagram, but Film Freeway posted a bunch of like scenes with heavy VFX that didn't they didn't have VFX on set. And the one that caught me off guard was uh the girl in twilight petting the the big wolf dog
1: and it's like right yeah it's
0: just a guy in a green suit just holding his head down and she, right <laughs> he has to pet this giant wolf uh yeah that but that's that's kind of stuff that people don't think about and you know rightfully so while they're watching these movies they they shouldn't be thinking about that but us we our
2: brains are kind of we're curious about this stuff yeah that the the whole creature obviously it was a big point of anxiety honestly through the entire thing because it was important um The idea was to do it practically at first. As the production began, I realized I wasn't going to be able, because I was going to be the person, like, making that, and I wasn't going to be able to do that with everything else going on. So we sort of, I mean, it was, I mean, it's not, like, it's not something I would recommend, but we sort of just had to be like, all right, we're going to have to do this in post, but, you know, and just move forward, like, just push forward, believing that we're going to be able to bring it together later. And, you know, there's a lot of elements like that with this, because it was a very small, um, you know, but it was like Kickstarter and the budget was like 14,000 shooting or whatever. So everything was just like scraping it together as we were going. Like when we started shooting, we still didn't have all the actors cast for like stuff scheduled later down the road, you know, and locations and all that. So that, you know, was kind of the spirit of it. And it definitely factored into the effects well, the as well. The
0: effects, the VFX look really good in it. Like the, yeah, and the creature it's... looks good and like that's... uh I totally know how you'd feel in that position kind of imagining because that's the one thing that could make everything fall apart and uh, you really don't know how it's going to end up
2: i should say the entire thing was done just by two guys um you know one guy did all the modeling and rendering and coloring and all that and then another guy did all of the animation himself so i mean they it was like a year process just for that crazy what are those guys names uh yeah so andrew Dole did all the animation and he uh we went to school uh, with him, he was like a year under us. Um, so our producer. So obviously that was something that happened later in pre-production. Um, there was actually someone else we were working with for a long time that ended up kind of screwing us over and like setting us back and stuff. So we found him later, really came in and sort of saved, uh, not saved the project, but saved that you know, yeah, part of it for sure. And then um, it's uh, Ryan, I believe uh, Ryan Shapiro did all the uh, modeling and coloring and all of that.
0: That's cool. Yeah, those then, are the types of uh, types of jobs people don't think about that like no, and you I mean, know, a lot of hours go into that.
2: They're usually probably I mean this amount of VFX shots or whatever would probably be done by a lot of people usually, you know oh, yeah. if we had the resources to do that. But so yeah.
1: So what do you are are you gonna be continuing to write and direct? Is that something you wanna keep doing? Is doing your own stuff, or have you been wanting to move into I guess the dream is to do
2: your own stuff, but to, to pick
1: up other scripts as well.
2: Yeah. Um. I mean, honestly, yeah, I'm mainly just interested in doing my own stuff. I've, I haven't i have had anything to turn down yet, so I can't say, you know, so I saw something great. I wouldn't want to do it. Um. The uh, This movie just kind of coming out now after being worked on so long is kind of giving us some opportunities to hopefully move forward and stuff. So we've had ideas we've been, you know, developing and writing this whole time. So that would be the, you know, optimum optimum right. you know best case scenario for sure
1: and i guess our other question is like are you aware of all the places this movie has is showing now like how is the
2: process of, of getting on
1: tubi even
2: like yeah no well so it's been weird because you know so we made like some deals with um we made a deal with gravitas to do um north american release and then uh, another company called tricoast to do like international And then they go out and make all sorts of, like, you know, deals with different platforms and whatnot. So, uh, no, I don't know. Like, it's been cool. Like, some things have been a surprise. Like, the Tubi thing, I was not aware of until people started. Like, I saw it on Twitter or whatever. But that's cool. I mean, I'm just happy people are seeing it in any yeah. You know, way oh, yeah.
0: and it, it's a it's a place for like a lot of horror fans lurk around there because that's where and you that, find it. Yeah.
2: And, and
1: the what... other thing is, is right when you log in uh that oh, one for I probably still is right now is it was featured. It's uh, oh, awesome. like it was yeah. one of the first ones on there. You were right beside swim, the uh the crawl ripoff that they oh, just wow. put out. <laughs> <That's, that's
0: laughs> so,
1: awesome.
0: yeah, and yeah. Spe- this is the type of thing that if you can't talk about it, just let me know and I'll cut this part out. But like, uh i saw that the it's also titled alien invasion is that kind of a distribution thing where someone decides that we're going to take it but we need to change the name like how does that yeah, kind of stuff work
2: it's pretty <laughs> funny i uh, that was also something i didn't see until i saw that on twitter and i was like what <laughs> is this like someone oh tagged that's me my in. movie <laughs> well so yeah someone tagged me in it and i was like confused and it took me a while to figure it out so what happened uh when we were going back and forth with like contracts and different stuff i saw that in there like we have the right, change the name or whatever. So I was like, oh, what's that about? And we went back and forth on it. And they were like, oh, that's normal for international. And I was like, oh, yeah, because the Arbors isn't really going to translate in anything. So I assumed it was going to be changed for, you know, other languages. So I yeah. didn't think it would be changed like in the UK. So that was pretty funny. But that uh, was a lesson learned for sure.
1: Yeah, no doubt uh what's the what's the response like what are, you know what's the uh what's the general response been for for have you had people it's like a ton you
2: said uh, you had a ton of people reaching out for you and you know what kind of yeah um I mean it's been like a wide chasm I guess you know there's the people I think that are enjoy, you know obviously that enjoy it and get what it is and then there's people that like like you said so just base it off the poster or whatever and they're like very angry and that was something I was not expecting at all and was like very interesting in the beginning because that was a lot of the like or like the first day it was like that was everyone like clicking on it i suppose whereas people you know wanting like a straight monster movie and just being angry about that so that's weird feedback that it doesn't really do anything because it's like that's i guess just like a marketing thing or whatever but
1: yeah, right it's like this was never for for you you were never right gonna enjoy,
2: yeah and it's like unfortunate i guess you kind of have to sell it like that i mean i cut the trailer myself which is you know, makes it look more like a monster movie than it is. Cause it's like, that's, you know, I guess what you got to do, but yeah. So, but other than that, I mean, there's been a lot of good feedback and, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, think, like.
0: A little twist question to, for you. Yeah, how, yeah. how do you, how do you deal with the negative feedback? Like uh, how yeah. do you re- respond to it? Like, you know, obviously I don't expect that you're a guy who jumps on, letterbox to say hey fuck you you don't know what you're talking about but like when people just everyone's allowed to be a critic these days because everyone has a platform so um how how do you respond to or or a podcast (laughs)
2: right well i guess i should say there's been enough like positive stuff by far to offset it if it was all negative i don't know how i would react to it if i just made something really you know that everyone thought was terrible but i don't know you know No, I've never like I haven't responded to anything because there's like, what's the point? Anything negative, I mean, Um, but I'm definitely like a neurotic person overall. So, I mean, I'm still checking that stuff all the time just to see what people are thinking and stuff. It's obviously like not great. But if someone's like or if someone's so far off on it, it's like there was no point I was going to change this that it was ever going to be. They were going to enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, there's some reviews for sure where someone's like, I liked it, but this was probably. And it's like, if you already agreed with that, it's like, oh, yeah right yeah. you know about some small stuff but you know i don't know it's a it's definitely a good it's a weird thing i didn't think i'd have to deal with it's been almost a good thing to go through just a slightly yeah. thicker skin because it's kind of like it doesn't matter I guess you know yeah
0: for sure and the reason i wanted to mention that is because like i really hope our listeners go out and check the film out and everything because uh if you do actually do any sort of digging like we watch the film and everything but then i went on imdb and of course you know there's always a uh, there's an onslaught of idiots who just want to give everything one star or whatever. But then there's also a, mostly people being like, what are these small short ratings for? Like, this is actually pretty, pretty impressive stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know Boozy and I feel that way about the film. So we hope people will go and give it a check it out and maybe rate it on some stuff and yeah, get those numbers up.
2: I appreciate it. Yeah, no, and I don't mean to be a downer about it. Like, I'm very happy about, you know, the whole response. And everything. No, no, we were we were asking. That's I hurt well i appreciate it for sure um yeah, do, was... you, do you feel
1: like or sorry I, I had two kind of final questions for you I was gonna say do you have any interesting stories from the whole process of you know from kickstarter to filming and then i guess the other thing would be you know between the reviews like everything coming out is what have you learned that you can take moving forward mm-hmm. kind of a
2: loaded couple questions there yeah um So uh, just an interesting stories from the, thing. there was a lot. So, you know, I don't know, like there was no one really, I guess, in charge of us was a weird perspective to have being in film school up until now. And then I'm sure in the future, if we ever get money for anything, there's going to be someone overseeing that. So we kind of knew we were in a weird place where we, you know, it was like great in a way because no one was telling us what to do. But also we knew, like, if we don't get the shots or like we don't, we miss like the day or whatever, it's just not going to. Like, there's no one there to fix it for us, I guess, if that makes sense. So I think at some point, we were, like, halfway through the shoot, and, like, me and the cinematographer and the producer, like, sat down and, like, looked over a whole schedule and stuff, and we realized we'd shot, like, I don't know, like a quarter of it or so. I don't know. It was some, there was just a lot of, uh, you know, um am I saying? Just the actual elements were probably more difficult than making the movie. You know, just the physicality of it, everything, like, myself and the production designer and a few other crew members got like real bad poison ivy like halfway through from one of from like the abandoned house location and that you know so i mean it was a pretty miserable shoot i mean it was a great time with everyone there but all of the the circumstances were just you know like bare bones
0: well, it's a twenty like if I'm correct from what I saw, a twenty five thousand tw- or sorry, twenty five day shoot oh, for a two yeah, hour yeah. for a two hour movie, and yeah, on a on a very very small budget, like uh, yeah. that's a pretty big undertaking. So I imagine that you you guys all learned a lot of things moving forward, and maybe things that you're going to do a little differently next time because just in my experience, the scheduling is uh, the scariest part
2: because you yeah. don't shoot right. that scene, it's not going in there. Right, exactly. And I mean, we were, I don't know, I mean. I don't want to make it sound like we weren't prepared. I mean, we were, like, the entire thing was whatever, like, story, you know. I would say you're out.
0: even just, like, super, like, I admire how ambitious it is. Like, uh, I, why not swing? Swing for it.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been, like, our perspective with the short films we've been stuff for, like, a little larger scale and some elements or whatever and just kind of, like, go, trying to go big. And I, I don't know. I know that could be in a bad way. Like, it's not trying to just be some big, like, overblown thing, but... We also didn't want to make like our first like movie that was just like, it's a couple of people like hanging out and talking or something because maybe it's not going to stand out or what you know, so might yeah. as well try for it. Cool. cool. And then,
0: uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I just like my last question for you is that uh, so you're currently still residing in North Carolina then? Is that where you're making films?
2: Yeah, I mean, that is where I'm living right now. I'm doing like mainly, you know, video production work as a job and just trying to get some films going for sure yeah how was the film scene out in north carolina um you know it was it's been weird so i think it kind of like was a bigger deal like right as i was going into college and then they passed i don't know how much you guys are aware like they passed some they took away an incentive for film like there it was like the third biggest spot here i guess before that it's gone away since then and i guess it's kind of coming back but i mean it hasn't yeah none of that's really affected me yeah well,
0: that's good. Well, that just shows because obviously you go the Kickstarter road. I know like Boozy and I, we come from Saskatoon here and mm-hmm. our tax, our tax incentive, our film tax incentive is absolutely gone now. It's been gone for a long time. So gotcha, the yeah. only way things get done is if you go out there and make them yourself. And uh, it's just, that's why I guess I was curious because it seemed like you guys had a pretty big and awesome team behind this thing and you guys should all be really proud. So congratulations on the film and hopefully more people get to check it out is there somewhere where you would guide our listeners to go and check it out rather than Tubi? to watch
2: it hmm. well you know it's on like amazon apple tv i guess Tubi. um yeah. no i don't you know wherever you uh want to watch it whatever is easiest for sure yeah. yeah okay
1: we're we're uh we'll definitely thank you for the interview this is great um, we'll definitely be looking and hopefully you'll reach out to us when your next project comes up. We'd love to see what you have done next, because like so far, very impressive for a first film, you know? Oh, yeah. And, and I you're you're reached st- out. Thank
0: you. <laughs> yeah. You think you're going to stick around in horror? Yeah. Well, so
2: I don't know long term, but the next like project I'm working on is like definitely horror, probably more so even than this. So, yes. Cool. Absolutely. Can you give us uh, like any tidbits of
1: info on that?
2: sure yeah well let me think what i can say and this is like something <laughs> i don't want to
1: put you out if you can <laughs> no 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 yeah
2: it's just like uh someone like uh dealing i guess with the aftermath of some big event that happened and okay. yeah and how it's psychologically affecting them but so also the
0: death of sneaky, harambe
2: for sure What's uh, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> awesome cool man well it was really nice meeting you Clayton. and yeah. uh best of luck in the future and thanks so much for coming on
2: the dare table Yeah, thanks so much for having me.